Greetings, friends. Welcome to this spoken sharing of my spiritual research into the new mysteries of the word. I am Hazel Archer Ginsburg, and this is I Think Speech. And today, it's going to be a little bit of a hodgepodge. May we rise in our thinking to meet the science of love through wisdom. That's always something that I'm thinking about, this combination of love and wisdom in the true communion of the reverse ritual. Right? That's also my thing. What is this? <laughs> what is this reverse ritual? Well, it's, it's the reverse or the cognitive ritual. So it's all about, you know, changing our thinking. And it, it really has its origins in the realm of the highest, deepest, most comprehensive world reality in which the human being, the gods, if you will, and the cosmos existentially live, weave, and are ever-present. For the human being, the experience of the highest divine unity is threefold, right? We, this, this idea of the Trinity. Yeah, three. It's my favorite number. And, and, and yeah, it's not just a passive thinking, feeling, and willing. It is an active, creative, co-thinking, co-feeling, co-willing in human relationship, right? We're sharing together as human beings in community and with the Godhead. So the body of the reverse ritual consists of human thoughts, words, and deeds that are ever striving to grasp and further spiritual knowledge regarding a, a, a cosmic artistic enlivening, creating paths in the eternal being of the human soul, right? We're, we're, we've got to create a new groove. <sighs> wow. Yeah, really. I mean, how much coffee have I had today? I don't know. But how many Zoom calls have I done? Okay. Now that I've got that off my chest, I thought perhaps I would uh, share a poem. That was sort of the original uh, impetus behind doing these podcasts. And I, I don't think I've even done one yet. So, so here's my poem of the day. Today, I invoke the lady of the pyre, lady of the heat, who burns up transgression. Her flame is sharp. Her fingers are gingered sparks. She speaks with a tongue of far-reaching flame. Her hands are quick. She burns flesh into ash and light. She is beyond necessity. She is the power of freedom, reborn. Today, I am hers. So yeah, freedom. What is freedom has been on my mind lately with all the current events. And so I came across this lecture uh, by Rudolf Steiner, um, a series of lectures on the apocalypse of St. John, where he talks about this, and, and I wanted to share that. So I quote, 
if it were impossible for man to sink into the abyss of evil, he would not have been able to attain what on the one hand we call love and on the other freedom. Since to the occultist, freedom is inseparably connected with the idea of love. It would be impossible for man to develop either love or freedom without the possibility of sailing down into the abyss. A man, unable of his own free decision to choose good or evil, would be a being who would only be led on puppet strings to a good which must be attained of necessity, not freedom, and who had no power to choose the good of his own fully purified will by the love which springs from freedom. If it were impossible for man to follow in the trail of the monster with two horns, it would also be impossible for him to follow God out of his own individual love. It was in accordance with a wise providence to give the possibility of freedom to humanity, which has been developing through our planetary system. And this possibility of freedom could be given on no other condition than that man himself has to make the free choice between good and evil. Yeah. It's hard not to judge when maybe we think people are making the wrong choice, but something that we all have to go through, right? Like the phases of the moon. And uh, yeah, that leads me to the third piece of this hodgepodge puzzle. We are in the dark of the moon right now. Bella Luna has gone into the underworld. She's invisible to our eyes. And she hits her new moon phase exactly at midnight tonight. Dun, right? The midnight hour. And I don't know if you've been getting up early, but right before dawn, you can see Venus with the, the very thin crescent moon that's been happening lately. And so I... You know, coincidence led me to this find this quote by Nicholas Flamel, where he uses, quote, a secret word for the morning star. Maranatha, which is an old alchemical allusion to Mercury. Hmm. So we usually associate Venus with the morning star, right? Maranatha. It's uh Aramaic, right? The language that, that Christ Jesus spoke. And it means, come, our Lord. It occurs in the New Testament twice. First Corinthians and the last chapter of the book of Revelation. I love that when these coincidences happen, which happen all the time when you're, when you're reading Steiner. So, yeah, it really got me thinking about this reversal uh, that we've, you know, I, I've talked about it many times in my, in my blog about um, this interchange between Venus and Mercury that, that happened at the time of the Copernican Revolution. 
And yeah, there's tons of quotes and people talking about it and this and that. But I just still, I just don't get it. I'm like, why? I don't understand what, to what purpose? And so this question ever lingering came into focus today, again, with this, with a, with a new clarity as I read this piece about Maranatha, it, you know, it just all came together with the phrase, come our Lord. It's like the light bulb flashed that the code revealed in the reversal was our clue to merge the wisdom of Hermes, communicator and messenger of the gods, the healing caduceus of Mercury's staff, with the goddess of love and beauty. Wow. Talk about true freedom there, right? We can do these kinds of things. We can, we can think outside the box. We can you know, it didn't make sense to me that, that oh, we just have to interchange them and separate them and this one means that and that one means... No, it's this merging, merging of these two energies, this healing love. And then I read further that the, if you recite this, 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 this word marantha, this secret word for the morning star, it, it's actually the ideal Christian mantra. And... It's repeated for equally stressed syllables. Maranatha, 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 Maranatha. So not only is it one of the most ancient Christian prayers in the language that Christ Jesus spoke, but it just feels good. It just like it's, it has this harmonic quality that I was doing it today. It really helped to bring my mind to silence. Maranatha, Maranatha, Maranatha. The Lord is coming. Our Lord has come. Come, Lord. Our Lord, come. Oh, Lord, come. Our Lord comes. And so then I thought, yes, that we can call forth these words of invocation into the etheric realm where the being of Christ waits for us to receive the formative forces of this healing love, right? It's in the starry script. It's in the script written in our hearts, calling forth, right? This human need to call forth in times of need for the comforter, the, the, the counselor. It's a Sophianic deed, right? This wisdom of the Sophia that brings us to this etheric vision. I just got shivers. It's yeah. And then I see, okay, the only US president that I've ever truly revered, President Jimmy Carter. Okay, they called him the good communicator. And guess what? He teaches Bible school to this day, I think he's in his 90s, at the Maranatha Baptist Church in Plains, Georgia. Jimmy, you're rocking it. Habitat for Humanity, Jimmy Carter, yeah. Okay, so enough of the hodgepodge, but I, I want to just end with this quote from another human being that I revere, uh, Joseph Campbell. If you want to change the world, 
you have to change the metaphor. Yeah, let's do it. Peace.